And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. Fall on me, it's coming down, down, 
begin to pray and the Lord shall have his way when the glory of the Lord is coming down it's coming down 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 it's coming down when the glory of the Lord is coming down when the saints begin to pray and the Lord shall have his way when the glory Come down, fall on Zion. Blessed Holy Ghost, come down, fall on Zion. If you call at midnight, Jesus hears any answers. Yeah. If you call at midnight, the Holy Ghost set your soul on fire. Yeah. Inspiration from the preacher sent the sinner to the altar, set your soul on fire. Blessed Holy Ghost, come down. Fall on Zion, sing blessed Holy Ghost, come down, fall on Zion. Blessed Holy Ghost, come down, fall on Zion. If you call at midnight, Jesus hears any answers. If you call at midnight, the Holy Ghost sets your soul on fire. The inspiration from the preacher sent the sinner to the altar, set your soul on fire. Blessed Holy Ghost, come down, fall on Zion. Oh, let the power fall on me, my Lord. Let the power fall on me. Oh, let the power from heaven fall on me. Let the power fall on me. Oh, let the Just like a magnet 
It's moving, moving. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. Moving here, moving there, just like the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. It's moving, moving. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. Moving, moving. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. Moving here, moving there, just like the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. Moving here, moving here, moving there, just like the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost power moving just like a magnet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost power is moving. It's just like a magnet. Isn't it powerful? Glory to God. Let's pray, Father. We pray for your presence again in this session. May we be touched in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, if you have Bibles, Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 We are now operating on a generator um, Which should be fine Till 6 then we'll have power again Glory to God And it shall come to pass In that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck <clears throat> and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. We are looking at the anointed. This is a little yellow book here. And his anointing. This is one of my favorite books in the whole catalog. The anointed and his anointing. Yes. We seldom didn't hear much about the anointed vessel. We always just heard about the anointing. But you cannot really separate the two in your discussion. Amen. Because... We need to look at what the purpose of anointing is. Anointing is power, enablement. And the yoke is something that is tied around your neck. It's a burden. But it will be broken by the anointing. Not really the anointed. Alright? It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not really the prophet that breaks the yoke. It's not the man of God that breaks the yoke. It's not the anointed pastor that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And we must understand this. It's very important how the miracle happens. And how breakthroughs come comes by the Holy Spirit 
or the power of the Holy Spirit which we call the anointing. It is broken, the yoke is broken because of the anointing, not because of the man. Because there is really nothing magic about a prophet, a pastor, or a man of God. A man of God is firstly just a man. By himself he has no powers. Hallelujah. So how come a man of God is then used to do miracles, signs and wonders? Miracles, signs and wonders are a fruit of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But the scripture is very clear. The anointing breaks the yoke. Amen. So we must see the man for what he really is and that is just a vessel, an anointed vessel that carries the anointing. But the anointing is the power that works the miracles and not the title. So the power does not rest in the title of the prophet. Power does not rest in the money or the car or the shouting, the clothes or the dressing of an anointed man. Power rests in the anointing of the man of God who is carrying this anointing. Sometimes pastors want to look very glamorous with the way they dress, the cars they come. And some, sometimes pastors don't have much, but they think that the outer appearance is what makes people attracted to them. Like they make sure they drive a BMW, Mercedes-Benz or stuff, but they themselves, they can't really afford it. I've often wondered about this thing. I'm so glad that I had the grace to first be a, maybe a secular worker before I came into the ministry. Or let's say that I wasn't... Uh, uh, sometimes people who grow up in poor environments, when they grow up, they want to prove to others they've accomplished something. You know, so they want to drive like a BM so, so Mercedes just to show, look, look, I've, I've made it. No, that's not the stuff you must look for in, in, in a man of God or the title prophet and apostle. Today, so many apostles, but apostles is a big work that must be done. There are no more pastors left. I'm the only pastor, or one of the only few. Me and Pastor Chris from Nigeria. Others are all apostles. Prophets. The anointing can be on a brother or a sister with no title. Just brother or sister. But that sister carries a power. Do you see? So don't be fooled by these outer things. It's the substance within the person. So even the big rings, these things, don't, don't, don't be impressed by these things. Crocodile shoes. Not that you can't dress well, don't get me wrong. When I saw Paul Anenche, the one whose music we are singing, the man is dressed like a... Boy, 
double-breasted suit, thin pants. Hey, the man was really thin, neat, but he carries a big anointing. Hey. So it's difficult now. Some people think because they dress like that now, you see, they will also get the anointing. But the anointing is not in the clothes. Or some of you, my pastors with the collar, collar. It doesn't say you anointed. We chose you, we separated you, we put oil on you. We did the human thing possible to set you apart for the ministry. But it's God who anoints. Are you with me? God really decides if you should carry His power or not. That's why sometimes we can't understand why God used certain people and not others. Look, if it was up to us, then many of the people in the Bible would not be chosen. Moses murdered the man. <laughs> and he ran into the desert because he thought they were going to kill him. He was herding shepherds. There was a wanted poster in Egypt for Moses. Wanted dead or alive. 1,000 rupees. So we ask, who must God use to deliver His people? If, if you were to choose, you will never choose a runaway, wanted man, looking after sheep in the desert. You won't choose. You see what I'm saying? David, he committed adultery with another man, with one of his servant's wives. Then he arranged for that servant to be killed. Planned murder. Make it look like an accident. If you had to choose, you will not choose David. Yeah. Saul of Tarsus, the apostle, he was standing next to the murder of Stephen. And they put their cloaks on the hand of an, a man called Saul. And they killed Stephen and he persecuted the church. Look for the Christians that were spreading the news. If you had to choose a man to write half of the Bible, the New Testament, you won't choose this one. So, the Lord said to Moses, I will show mercy on who I will show mercy. I will give my grace to who I will give my grace. God decides. God decides. But you must identify whom God has chosen. Are you with me? So you also want what is on the... the you're looking for that of God that is on someone. It's actually God you want. So he, he gives his spirit to people and that spirit is called the anointing. You want that thing so you need to find it. Isn't it? It's what I had to do. I had, I had to search for the anointing. And I'm going to tell you now what it's going to cost you to get the anointing. Do you want to know the price of the anointing? 
Yes, this second session is called the price for the anointing. The price for the anointing. It will cost you. Catherine Kuhlman stood up and said, it cost me everything. Do you want to know what it costs? He said, cost me my very life. Matthew 13, verse 45. Mm. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field, which when a man has found it, he hides it. And for the joy thereof goeth and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Amen. Again, he says, the kingdom of heaven, verse 46, is like to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls when he has found one pearl of great price. He went and sold all that he had and he bought it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The anointing, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest treasure ever to be given to men. When this parable that Jesus speaks of here in Matthew talks about the treasure hidden in a field, be it known unto you that the anointing is the greatest treasure ever to be given to men. And when we're talking about the treasure, we're talking about the anointed person is like a treasure hidden in a field. I go back to say, verse 45 says, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field, which when a man found it, he hideth it. And for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has to buy that field. Yes. So, an anointed person is like a treasure, but unfortunately, the treasure is hidden in a field. Does this camera still pick me up in the dark? I don't know. We had lights, uh, stand-up lights, but I don't know why they are not using it. Pastor Robin, is he not around? Because I'm sure that I know some people were watching us on, online. And uh, we want to greet our online viewers if you can see me. You're welcome. I think Greno and Jason was watching from America. Greno was watching from Uchburn, isn't it? Somebody else was watching. Uppington is watching. Yeah. Welcome all of you here to Cape Town. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, let's come back. The anointed person is the treasure in the field. Unfortunately, the treasure is hidden in the middle of a big field. And you are going to have to pass through gates, cross over the walls to gain access to the field. You're going to walk through streams in the field to gain access to this anointing. You are going to walk across the grass and the weeds. 
You're going to have to cross over the rocks to gain access to the treasure in the field. You are going to have to avoid the snakes to gain access to the treasure in the field. And people without energy have no time to cross the field to find the anointing. Mugh mensa. Moe mensa. Mugh moer moegsta. Tired people. It's funny how people are tired all the time, isn't it? Or is it just when it comes to church? Would the generator be able to carry those lights? I don't know why you never thought of it. Remind me, I was pray, I was asking for fish oil to lay hands on all of you for brain uh, explosion. Lazy people cannot make the effort to cross this field, to cross the streams, to make their way over the grass and the weeds. If you have no time to search the field for this precious anointing, be it known unto you, you will never catch the anointing. If you have no time and you cannot make an effort, you will never catch the anointing. As you cross over this field, keep your eyes open for a man or a woman. This man or woman will be carrying the anointing. We are looking for the anointing, isn't it? We are, we are in the field, we've climbed over the fence, or we crawled under the gate, we've walked through the big thick bushes, Cross the streams. The mosquitoes biting us through the rivers and the waters. The bachis, the machis. But we are pushing through the weeds. Crossing the rocks. We are looking for a man. Or a woman in the field. Amen. This man that you will look for will be carrying this anointing. This anointing will either be in him with him or upon him in you with you and upon you hallelujah in you to cleanse you with you to convict you and upon you to empower you glory be to God but it costs something Tell your neighbor it costs something. It costs something to get near to the anointed person and to gain access to the anointing. Remember, it's really the anointing you want, not the anointed. It is because it's not the anointed that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Glory be to God. There's a price to pay to gain access to the anointing. And everyone who really carries the anointing has paid a price. Sometimes the price is so hard. I don't even think 
I sometimes want to share it with you. Nobody will get it easy. Nobody. Jesus said, if any man wants to come after me, he must take up his cross. A cross is a place of death, crucifixion. You're going to be nailed. Do you want to come after him, really? Take up your cross and pay the price to follow me. You will have to take up a cross. When the sons of Zebedee's mother, James and John, wanted to sit at the right hand of Jesus, he simply asked them a question. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink? And are you able to be baptized with a baptism? Matthew 20 verse 22. Matthew 20 verse 22. Are you able to drink the cup that I will drink? When I look at the great anointed men of God, I see they had to pay a great price. And as, as I said, I, I, I even feel resistant to mention some of the things that they had to go through. But if you read the autobiography of all the great men of God, you will see that to carry the oil, which is a precious, precious commodity from God, which is God Himself in the Holy Spirit, is, it costs you. Some people are separated from their families. Some people have death in their family. Hey! Abram was willing to sacrifice Isaac. God changed that. Yeah. The great Catherine Kuhlman talks about how she paid a price. She said, it cost me a lot because she fell in love with this one person. He was an evangelist. You see, he was a divorced man. She helped him travel and then she married him. But then the Lord said, the Lord wants to use her as a separate vessel, but she must get away from this because he, she was just assisting him like an assistant pastor. But the Lord wanted to use her as a separate person. So she had to leave. But the pain and the hurt in her life because she really loved this man. She said she had to, she, it cost, she can say, she says, if you watch the videos, it's on YouTube, it's free to watch. He says, I can take you to the place. I can take you to the exact spot. She speaks like that slowly. I can take you to the place, to the exact spot where Catherine Kuhlman died. She says, Catherine Kuhlman died long time ago. The person you see is not that person. Um, Rodney Howard Brown is a great man of God. The Lord uses him in the anointing for laughter. So he, he lost his child. He, he tells how he sat by the bedside. He said, Lord, please, my child. And the Lord took the child. Just like David. David was lying on the floor, fasting, he was getting thin to save the child. But it wasn't the will of God. So afterwards, he ate and they said, but you're not going to be sad anymore. He said, look, what can I do? 
The child can never return to me. I can go to him, but he cannot come back to me. My own pastor, Bishop Dag, just lost his, his child just now, a few months ago. <laughs> the price. Sometimes death, sometimes separation. Yeah. I don't know what God does, but that's always, there's always a price. Even with me, we, I suffered a lot of embarrassment as a young boy because of my mother's mental illness. Many of you have sick people in your family, but nobody talks about it. I'm open about it. And sometimes even my family doesn't like me to talk about that my mother had mental illness. Mental illness is common. He's by even yellow, not yellow family, yellow, yellow, yeah. My mother was a Stuckland patient. Falkenberg, Stuckland, Lentagier, you name it, all the, the sickness from year to year, they say. A lot of the people. Is that right? I feel you look at some of these Hulle sê, die twee ouwens by Stuckland, was het Stuckland? Stuckland. Hulle het gesê, hulle gaat ontsnap, hulle is nou moeg van binnen in Stuckland wees. Who don't understand Afrikaans? Do you understand? Can I take right? Hulle sê, hulle is nou moeg. So, you understand Afrikaans? So they practice how to jump over the, they, they say, in die ochtend, as die wen inkom en so, en so, maak hulle die hekke toe, dan spring ons, want as amal bezig, amal is bezig om goed in te draal, as al die kijkie, na, dan maak sy so, klim sy so, dan spring sy oor die hek, as hy weg, by stikland, so the day came, and the guy had to escape, but later the afternoon, his friend found him, in the cafeteria, so we said, but, Ek dink en sy gaat on, ontsnap. Oor die hek spring. En sy weg. Hy sê, naai man. Toe ek by die hekke ko, toe staan die hekke oop man. Ek gaat maar wacht, tot wanneer die hekke weer toegaan. I'm not talking about the other churches here by BMI. BMI, BMI. I was telling you all that to say that uh, it was not nice. Even I, when I started to date my wife as my beloved, it was difficult because my mother was not well. And when people are not well, they say things they shouldn't say, you know. And I used to wrestle with God. I said, what is this thing? Why must I suffer like this? Me and my brothers, we suffered much. But for 
God knows why. There's always a price to pay if you're going to carry something from God. Yeah. It's a price. And the higher you go, the more you pay. Yeah. Tell you, you must die. My own family came up against me when I started to follow Bishop Dag. Yeah. They said many bad things about Bishop Dag. And look, it was the anointing I was after. So there's a price for the anointing. Then my family, my own sisters, they made up my father. My mother had died just a few years before I met Bishop. So I, I, I don't know what the reaction would have been, but they made my, my father up against Bishop Dag and said, Bishop Dag is a bad person. He's this, 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 because I was not following him. So I had to choose family or the anointing. See, blood as decker. You see, that whole thing that you guys have, keep the family together. Who's the one who's keeping the family together? Look, that thing can work. There's two types of scriptures. The scripture that says, love your mother and father, love your wife, that's for you. For the higher level anointed, the Bible says, he who doesn't hate his mother and father, his wife, his children, for my sake, you're not worth to be called a child. You're not worth the kingdom. That's a higher level. Higher level. So I had to choose. Be happy. Take my wife and children to visit Opa. Sit with the family. Have bride together. Argue about the moon. If the earth is flat. Did man go to the moon? All this rubbish. That or never see them again. As if I'm dead. As if I'm dead. And I chose the way as uh, the poet said, the narrow road, the road less worn, I came into a, a wood where there was two ways. And I chose the one less worn, less walked by the majority of the people. And at the end of that poem, what's the name of that beautiful poem? The Road Less Travel. It's a poem. I was an English major at university. I got the D for English. D stands for Dwastir. <laughs> the roadless travel. Just find it quickly, Damon. A roadless travel. And at the end he says, I chose the road less travel. But at the end he says, it made all the difference. It's not scripture, it's a poem. But it's a beautiful poem. Ah, was lazy. I said, Iman. No, what Just that first part. Ah, 
two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood. And looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. And that made all the difference. Clap for Robert Frost. Robert Frost. So you see, the price of the anointing is costly. Nothing comes, the, the, the preciousness of the treasure is not cheap. Yeah. You will have to pay. John Wesley, you know what was his price? Hmm. He got a wicked woman for a wife. She made his life hell. She suspected him of every woman that wrote a letter. Those days they wrote letters. They didn't send SMSs. Wrote letters for counseling. And every woman that he worked with or that he crossed, he just, she was very suspicious of him. Blamed him, accused him. Bishop Dagg wrote a book called Aspersions many years ago. But they changed the title to Those Who Accuse You. In there you must read John Wesley's wife. He once wrote a letter to her. The letter's also in the book. And in the last part of the letter, he writes to her, John Wesley, the great Methodist. If you see a Methodist church, the founder was this man called John Wesley in England. He had a brother, Charles Wesley. There were a few children, a few brothers. He was a great Methodist. That's why there's so many Methodist churches. He, was a, he rode on a horse, planted churches across England. Now it's across the world. But the thorn in his flesh was this woman. She was what Bishop calls a beastly woman. And John Wesley wrote in one of his letters that is now in the autobiography, I, when his, his wife went, when his wife left to go to her mother or something, he said at the end of the letter, I hope I never see your wicked face again. When a man is tired and working hard in the ministry, you come back to such a beast. Hey, you're looking for somebody soft and gentle to lay your head, you know, on a soft pillow. But all you get is a rock. Are the ladies listening to me as I'm preaching? Pastor Lafoy, my great spiritual father, he's going to be 80 this year. I'm going to his birthday party. He said, the worst thing that a man of God can face in life is that if he fights all the demons every day, very hard, 
And then when he gets home and opens the front door, then another demon stands and waits for him, sister. Aish! So ladies, I beg you. We never had these teachings. We never, nobody spoke about marriage, nothing, nothing. They just thought, Now I'm helping you. You must be soft and gentle. Say please and yes. Was it? Sorry and yes, isn't it? What's the words I told you to say? Yes and sorry. Practice those two words if you're not married. How many ladies not married yet? Let me see. Beautiful. Your husbands will have to pay me some money one day. You must just practice two words. Yes and sorry. Alright? So when the husband says, where's my can I have some tea, please? You must say? Yes. Okay. What's going on there? Then when you, bring the, when you bring the tea and he says, why is there so little sugar in there? What must you say? That's, your life will be peace. 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 Huh? Yeah. But 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 th those are only some challenges for anointing carriers. And you know, many great men of God. Listen to Bishop Dag. He will tell you he's a pastor of three thousand churches. So every church has a pastor and assistant and maybe a few others. So you could possibly be the pastor of 5,000 pastors. When they need counseling or so in their marriage, who do they speak to? They speak to him. So we will tell you that most pastors, the greatest opposer in the ministry is the wife. But not my wife. My wife is because I don't, I, I'm in charge. I've got a good wife. Amen. But most pastors are like that. So in the pictures, they look nice, they smile nice, but their life is hell. So when they get, you get a sudden divorce. You see, sometimes they make the wife too big. One day somebody invited me to speak on, on marriage in the ministry. And my title was, The Danger of Elevating Wives. They never invited me back. Because <laughs> you see what happens, the pastors are always taking pictures, you see, you see, it's like two people running the church. It's me and my wife. And then my, I preach, my wife preach. And it's a modern thing, but it was never like that in the olden days. You know? The wife is supposed to be, sometimes the wife has a ministry. Like Api Maria has a ministry and a calling and her husband actually a sister. It's different. But it's not every wife that is a pastor. Do you get it? Or like an assistant pastor. You see, yeah. When I'm not here, other men preach also. And other ladies, but it doesn't mean my wife is my assistant. You got it? My first assistant. Hallelujah. So, what they do, they elevate their wives too much. Then, when there's arguments or you hear divorce, you, you're surprised because you, you only show nice pictures of them smiling, the one sitting and the one standing behind, or the one sit, the, a man sit and the wife stand. All these things. Or you come into the yard and there's one banner 
teardrop banner with a man's face. The other one is the who? Huh? But it's that one that is the bitter pill for that man to swallow. I also speak to many pastors. They'll tell me. Anyway, it's not for you. This is not a pastor's convention. Let me get back to normality. I'm talking about difficulties. If it's not the death, if it's not a, a wicked wife, there, there'll be something. There's always something. There's a price to pay. Amen? For this anointing. And in my case, it was like my mother, as I said, it was a lot of, it's to humble me. Sometimes it's to humble me. Paul said, I have a thorn in the flesh. I prayed three times, Lord, deliver me. And the Lord said, no, you will stay. I will leave this one with you. This one is to humble you. Unless you, you will be exalted above measure. Unless you become too big, you think, oh, I'm so great. Everybody likes me, the power. No, no, I must also send you some thorn. Ah. Unless you exalt yourself above measure it's not you that's great it's the substance in you that the people really want amen you are nothing you are nothing but grass that's why you need the anointing if Jesus was the son of God and he had to be anointed who are we that we don't need anointing amen so what is the price number one the price, quickly. The cost of your time. The price for the anointing. <coughs> time. Give me a dish. The cost of your time. People who have no time to spare for the most important treasure will never receive it. That's why I was uh, looking at who's coming to the conference. I don't know if people know how great the anointing is. I really don't know. The cost of your time. Oh, we can come, but we can't. We have this and that and this and that. And unfortunately, you told me, you know, I have another other conference that they are sharing on financial prosperity. Yeah, I want to go because you see, Pastor, my debts are already not paid. And uh, the sheriff gave me a red letter, so I'm rather going to how to raise your economic stakes. What is this anointing you say? We've heard it before. Haven't you done this conference last year? Is it the same? Anointing? Oh, no, no, no. We need to. We, 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 we would have loved to come, but we don't have time. Look, even BMI, you can tell them, you can try your best to convince BMI's people, come to the conference. 
They just don't have the. If only they knew. I I I know no I know why Jesus told this woman. If you just knew the gift of God that I want to give you, you would have given me. You would have asked me for this living water now. But you don't understand. It's it's a lack of understanding. You see, in the anointing that I'm walking in, there's prosperity. There is uh, blessings. There's glory. There's honor. You know, I'm honored. I was staying in Kenya some years ago for a conference. The guy rented me in a hotel room with four. The hotel, the room itself has like four rooms. The entrance wall, the dining hall, then the two bedrooms. I said, hey, well, what must I do with this big? I'm alone. He said, no, you were a man, a special man of God. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I was preaching for my friend, Pastor Jimmy. And after I walked off the platform, the first time I spoke, you know, you want to check with your guests. Is, 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 this, is it okay? The ministry is my ministry. Uh, I said, I can't remember what I said to him, but I asked him something. And he said, oh no, you are anointed. It's all he said. Oh, you are anointed. It's what they look for. See, and it brings you honor and glory. I remember I landed in Uganda and my flight was, de- my, my, my issue was delayed because sometimes at these airports, they take long, they try to get money out of you, you know? So I was now concerned that the, the crowd that was going to get me there, or sorry, the person that was going to pick me up might think I didn't come because these people were taking so long with my luggage and my stuff. And eventually I got out. Hey! There was a few people that come, had come to fetch me. And the one brother... He went on his knees like he was crawling out of excitement because they were were also now thinking, why did I miss this flight? Am I not here? And when I came through, you know, like the Muslims go, ah, ah. I said, oh, please, please get up, get up, get up, get up. Don't make a big fuss. The securities might also now search me again. Yeah, there's glory. Tomorrow I actually want to talk about it. What what is the blessings of the anointed? You get blessings and honor and glory. Money you will never lack. You will not. You won't love money because you are genuine anointed. Unless you have the spirit of Balaam, you will not lack money. Money is just like you're just a a passer on of the money. You are conduit. Money is given to you so you can give it to those that need. Planting seeds, planting seeds. Plant. My wife was surprised. She was looking for money and I told her, I've got money in my, in my purse. She said, you, you never have money. You're always giving the money away. I said, no, but I brought some to give away, but you, you're the first one, take some. She always has money, but I don't know, she needed raw cash and I never have. Let me tell you a secret about rich people. You know, the queen died 
recently, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Now my wife, when you look at the photos of my wife when she was young and Queen Elizabeth, they look very similar. Yeah. A Chinese, uh, Singaporean woman told me, your wife looks just like Queen Elizabeth. I never knew, but then I said, hey! <laughs> I married the wrong one. <laughs> but you know, Queen Elizabeth never had money on her. There's no money in the queen's purse. Actually, there's no purse. And if you found her walking in the bush with her small dogs, she had these little dogs, you would think these are armor from. Because true rich people, they are not trying to show you they've got money. True, really rich people. People is always showing flashy money. Real rich people don't walk around with their money. You see, treasures are hidden. Yeah. Treasures are hidden. Gold is not found lying on the floor here. Deep down in the ground. You must. You can't get gold. And the same with the anointing. You can't get the treasure if you're not going to work hard to go down. That's why they say Africa's got all the gold and the diamonds but with the poorest continent because we were not prepared to go down to look for it. Then the European had to come and then say, come, I show you how to deep to go here to find the gold and the diamonds. But the first cost, the first price you will pay is the cost of time. You have no time. You can sit hours watching television and listening to the news 10 times per day, the same news over and over again. Like somebody I know, they listen to the news over and over again. That person isn't here. It's almost like they're going to say something different in the next bulletin. They repeat the same stuff. Isn't it? These are the same people who can't watch anointed videos. You know what I'm saying? It takes time to watch anointed videos. You can't watch it. You can spend hours on useless socializing. Useless. But have no time to socialize with God. Hey! Hmm. People can't wait even to see the anointed and to interact with Him. When the church is finished, they're gone. They say, you took too long, Pastor. I, was, I waited for you for a minute and we had to go. Only those who made time and spent precious hours waiting for the anointed and His anointing are worthy to receive it. Are you prepared to pay the price and give quality time to the anointed and His anointing? You know, if you want to see Bishop Dag, Bishop Dag is very famous when you come to his big Bible school. The people from all over the world, they line in a long queue to see him. And you must give your name in like three days before the time. Say, can you also just see Bishop? It's, it's, it's like that. And then people who are not prepared to wait. It's tough luck. I've already told you the story of the girl who waited till 3 a.m. in the morning from Kayalicha. She was there and she tried, asked me if I can't make a way for her to see Bishop. I said, hey, I don't have that type of authority. I can't. I'm also going to see him. 
but of course I have a little bit more favor than this one. But then I, when I got her at the airport, when we were leaving, or I met her somewhere on the way back, she said, I said, I'm so sorry, I couldn't arrange, I tried my best. She said, no, don't worry, I saw him. I said, you did? I said, when? She said, I sat outside the office, the office till 3 a.m. in the morning. The service entered about 10 o'clock. So she sat there for five hours. And she said, everybody had left. The bishop was about to go. Just maybe one or two of his guys was with him. And he said, who's this lady? Then she introduced herself. He said he spent about 20 minutes with her. She was so, you could see the joy on her face. Because she had met the person she wanted to meet. For the, she knew like it's, it's an anointed man. You've got no time, you'll never get the anointing. It cost you time. It cost you time. Huh? Can't wait. Now, the day I met Benny Hinn was the same event. We, we had done a Healing Jesus now. Give thyself a holy conference. And the conference ended at 10. It was the last day of the conference. Benny Hinn was the speaker. And normally at the conference, there's a big banquet where we eat meat and everything and everything. So Benin was finished and he was up there with Bishop in his big uh, prophet's lounge. And so the people were sitting there. And then the, the discussion went that, wonder if he will come to meet us here, the board members. We are board members. Like Pastor Maria, they must board members of my ministry. We, I'm board member. So they said, no. So it went on to 12 o'clock. And you said, the, they said, the buses are leaving. The buses are leaving because from there, to where we stay in the hotel, we have to get in a bus. The big, it's a private bus that come to fetch us. And the bus, the bus is leaving. I said, the bus can go. I'm gonna stay. And my wife was with me that day, and we still, she still asked me, I don't think he will come. I don't think Benny Hinn will come down to sit with you, because it's late. It's 12 o'clock. I said, we will wait. We will wait. Because I saw, I saw one of the security cars, the blue light. I said, wow, that guy is there. That man is there. We weren't sure if he was there because everything was closed. We waited and then just about after 12, he came down. Bishop Dag brought him to the banquet table. And so about 80% of the pastors had left. We were about only 20% left that waited. Yeah, and then Benin was at the table. It was my birthday the day before, but they made a mistake. They thought it was my birthday that day. You see, somehow something didn't work well, and they brought a cake and said, it's pastor. We just want to celebrate with pastor Chris. It's his birthday. And then Benin was already sitting at the main table. We were sitting at the minor tables. You get main and minor. May you sit at the minor, the major table. There's always tables in the Lord's work. There's a table of the Lamb in the heaven. And then as I was there, as I was there, they were saying, somebody came all the way and left his church behind, his, left his family behind to be here. We just want to celebrate and sing happy birthday. So I was surprised, and then they said, Pastor Chris, it's you. I said, me? I said, yes, it's me. (laughs) 
And as Bishop Dag's wife was leading the celebrations, they began to sing and I stood up. I stood up because I wanted Benin to be sure it is me. And, the, and then she, Bishop Dag's wife is a very lovely woman, very lovely flamboyant lady. And she said, everybody stand up and sing for him. So all the pastors had to get up, including Benin. So Benin was singing happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to something. Then they asked me to say something. Say, ooh, what is your wish, you know? And but it was like they were singing, man. What is your wish? So I had to sing back. Hey! And I said to them, my wish is to get more of the anointing. Then it was about one o'clock now, half past twelve, so something to one. Because they were first sitting there. <clears throat> and Bishop Dag looked at me because he likes me as a son, beloved son. He said, Is it your birthday? Come. For your birthday present, you can sit with me and Benny in. You can clap. But, uh, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Why? I didn't run home with the first buses like you, like you, like you, like you, like you. You have no time for the anointed. I think we finished that meal after two in the morning. But it's one of the, <laughs> the dining experiences I'll never forget in my life. I had a few dining experiences with Bishop Dag, and then this one with Benny in with at the table. What a blessing. The cost of time. Can you wait? Can you wait? Sometimes I tell people I want to see you. Then I come, oh, I had to run for my lift. I didn't care how I was going to go home that night. The bus was gone. I just thought, even if I have to stay here, sleep under the tree there. It was outside in the garden. But the price of the anointing is too powerful and I can't let it go. And I, and I got what I came for. I couldn't always believe. I'm still pinching myself. And that same Benin prayed for my son, Jason. Yeah? Prayed for him. Called him out of a crowd. And said, the Lord, he said, said one prayer to him. He said, Lord, use this boy. Finish. And I believe that prayer will carry fruit one day. As the Lord will use him. Amen? Amen. Quickly, let us go. Number two. The cost of what? The cost of time. Then the cost of humility. People love the things that make them look great. If you're not prepared to part with what makes you great, you cannot have the anointing. The cost of humility. I marvel at people who are not prepared to lower themselves and to be subservient to an anointed person. Are you prepared to lower yourself and ask for prayer? Are you prepared to lower yourself and sit in a conference to learn what you do not know? Are you prepared to make yourself a servant to someone whom you once thought was your equal? Hey! The cost of humility. Are you prepared? 
And that is one thing that the Lord doesn't often use. Proud people cannot catch the anointing. That's why I think the anointing is in a human vessel. Is to, is to cancel the proud people. Cancel the proud people. Cancel, cancel. It's your first fail. You fail at that. It's like when you go for a driver's test. If you roll on the hill, you don't still go out on the road. True? All you drivers, failures? Yeah. You first fail in the yard and then you, you can't go further. And so the cost of humility. That's why I said that thing of my mother was also a price I had to pay so that I could pass the test of humility. You're nothing. Don't brag about yourself. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number three, the cost of openness. The cost of openness. People love to keep secrets. They do not want to part with their little secrets and they want to they, they want to cover their life and say that was next. there's nothing wrong in my family is it my mother and father oh they, you don't want, you don't want to tell us the truth hmm? all families have issues but for every issue there's a tissue Amen. Amen. The cost of openness. Sometimes I'm too open and I have to explain by my wife I'm too open but I believe it's something the Lord uses. You shouldn't be saying things you are not. You shouldn't be pretending you are somebody you are not. Just be open. Are you with me? God likes that thing. David also said, Lord, it is me. I did all these wrong things. The Lord said, I still like you, David. You're a man after my heart because of your openness. Amen? It will cost you. It is wonderful how people come to the anointed and try to trick him, pretending to be humble servants and obedient followers. They have the spirit of Herod. Herod is the one who said, tell us where the king of glory is. I am also one of his worshippers. When in reality, he was trying to kill Jesus Christ. But he lied to the anointed. People lie to the anointed. Come, I give you a warning. Never lie to an anointed man. Because you'll soon be found out. And the Holy Spirit will not take it lightly. When you know a person is carrying anointing, you saw anointing before this, right? In the services before this, you saw the power of God. Yeah, so you, you, if you want to know if someone is anointed, never lie to such a person. You can be quiet, it's better, but don't say something that's not true. Are you listening? Like the brother who said to me, if I leave this wall now, God can strike me dead. And you see that dead, might not be physical, but he will die in many other ways. He will have nothing, like a dead man has nothing. Can't move, can't enjoy life, dead. Because he didn't respect the oil of the anointed man. Are you with me? Don't lie. Rather be quiet. Drop, drop your head and drop your eyes. 
and say it's Milo. Standing in the need of prayer. Bishop dragged them when they were young. They had a prayer group of youngsters. Then they would take the middle one and say, Neil, whoever's in the middle. And then they would say things on him. Whether it's true or not, to say, you have a spirit of lust. You are lusting after the woman's bonbons. Then you must say, it's true. So then they all together, they lay hands and they pray for him. You see, you love money. You're greedy for money. It's true. It's nothing like, ah, oh, that's not true. <laughs> nothing like that. Yes, it's me. Say, yes, it's me. It's true. Lord, have mercy on me. Say, yes, it's me. It's true. May the Lord have mercy on me. Openness. You may get up. Lord, deliver him from lust and deliver him from money. The love of money. Let it pass over him. Are you learning? Number four. Number four. The cost of learning new things. People don't want to pay prices. They don't want to pay the cost. People love to stick with what they learned as children. It is a wonder to observe people who are not learning anything new and are not prepared to pay the price to learn new ways of doing ministry. Every new thing that must be learned involves the pain and sacrifice of relearning things. Sometimes the pain of learning to do new things is too much for people. That's why when you, when you get older people in your church, it's not easy because they can't relearn. Our church is, see, is, more, this is a more youthful church because the people are easy to learn new things. Yeah, you must learn and older people, you, you, they can't run far with you. You can rather get an older person that was never in another church. It's better. So he only understands the way we do things. Now you must teach them. No, we don't. We didn't do it like that there. We didn't. So they can be here for a while, but later they can't, they can't adapt. They can't adapt. So they will also not catch anointing. You see, like, that's what happened with my father and, and the people that they're almost like, we were not used to this thing. This new thing. Everything is new. You can't adapt to new things. You'll never catch anointing. You'll stay where you are. Yeah. You need to change. You need to be flexible. Can you say, nie ons het dit man? Nou, jylle met die nieuwe dinge, wat is die nieuwe dinge? Kijk wat het die oude dinge vir jou gebring. Some good things, but you couldn't come further. So why must we just copy you and then be the same like you? With no progress, no nothing. Huh? Our people in South Africa, they're the proudest people I've ever met. And even if you prove them wrong, like, look at this church, they won't come and say, nah, I'm sorry, you were right, we were wrong. Never! They are too proud. Kijk nog hoe gaat hij val, kijk nog hoe gaat hij val. Hij gaat nog val, misschien niet, nou niet. Misschien dan 20, 30, maar hij gaat val. not prepared to learn new things. What a shock. Numbers five. The cost of adjustment. The cost of adjustment. People love their old and traditional ways of doing things. It is wonderful to see people who say they want the anointing, but they're not prepared to make the adjustment to their lives. Their time, their schedule, 
and their ways. The one who seeks the anointing is the one who must adjust his life to suit the anointed. Yes? Not the anointed must adjust for you. The burden, on, the burden of adjustment is on the seeker. The one who pursues the anointing has the burden of changing his lifestyle to accommodate the behavior of the anointed. You see this girl, stand here. She used to have lunch 12, of past 12. Of past 12 when you get home, isn't it? Mommy made nice chicken, potato, yellow rice with raisins. Mm, Jesus. But now, to flow with what we are doing, there's no lunch. Lunch is packed in a Tupperware box. Two slices of bread with bologna. That's it. There's nothing about going home at 12 o'clock. No. We leave in the, she leaves in the morning and she, she comes home at night at 11. Sit down. Adjustment. I was surprised that she adjusted so quick. But you know, you, you know, I told another pastor, one of the ways to make your church grow is use the Sunday, this, this. I was explaining to him, maximum Sunday usage. I said, Pastor! Uh, Jay Mao. He said to me, Pastor Jay Mao, but the brain man says, I don't know. I Sunday, I will say, say, Wuna is the brain man. Oh, here is a fatty and say, Sunday, Mili. And we had to adjust. We, we, we come home now, maybe just for a quick break at four, we go home to change. It's nothing like. That was in our old church. We went home, half past 12, you know, have a nice lunch, sit together, chat, go take a nice rest, sleep till 6 o'clock. Hey! It's not like that. You must make an adjustment if you want to catch that anointing. It can be the custom of the area, the culture, but we have changed. We have adapted our culture to Bishop Dag's system that works for them. They have a big church. They have big buildings and thousands of people. We want it. So why can't we? We have to adjust. We are the seekers, isn't it? So we must adjust to what they do. You can't do what they, tell them to do what we do. Then they will have what we have. Are you listening? Yes. And our whole lifestyle is geared around that thing. Adjustment. Say Adjustment. Tell your neighbor, you must adjust. Because I see you catching the anointing. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Second last point, the cost of honor. The cost of honor. I'm giving you the price for the anointing. People are simply not prepared to pay the price to give real honor. It is wonderful to see people who want the anointing, but they will not pay the price to honor the anointed person. It will cost you time, 
money and effort to honor the anointed and his anointing. Truly the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure which a man finds and he pays the price to have that treasure. Now it cost me a lot of money to follow Bishop Dag. Yeah? Because to travel to Ghana is expensive. To, to travel, he, he's now, he told us he wants to meet us in Singapore. Bishop has a funny way of stretching our faith and making us do things that we would never have done. He's a wonderful leader. That's why I sometimes do it with my people also. Take you places that you never dreamt of going. He said, now, our next meeting will not be yet. It will be in Singapore. Nobody needs visas for Singapore, so get ready. He asked me, are you going? I said, of, of course, I'll be there, Bishop. Because he knows I'm everywhere. I pay the price to follow the anointed, to catch the anointing. Are you with me? Cost me. When I went to Korea, he said to me in 2011, come to Korea to the World Church Growth Conference. It's a church growth. He said, there are all the pastors of the biggest churches in the world. You must start to move with these people. He said, then your church also grows. The people you walk with is like who you will become. The Bible says, you walk with the wise will become wise. And who plays with fools will just be a fool. Yeah. He said, come to Korea. I said, okay, Bishop, I'm excited. Got my visa, got my passport. Uh, the ticket was expensive. And that time we were still in... I don't know what church the other will be able to remind. Where were we? We were small. I said, I must go. Let's raise some funds, got some money. Flew to Korea. I only had a little bit of change in my pocket that I was going to use for my chips, bread, whatever I needed in Korea. Asia. Far. I had to take two aeroplanes. I can't remember. Where I had to Dubai, I had to fly from here, Cape Town, Choburg, Choburg, Dubai, Dubai, Seoul, Seoul Airport, great airports, beautiful. So when I got there, I didn't see where is the people that I'm supposed to meet because I think our plane came too late, so the desk had closed that was meeting, and so I had now just, but I knew the address, so I needed to find the taxi. But because I'm new, like a Johnny just come. I had just come. That's what they call it. Johnny just come. So I didn't know that there are different taxis you must take. You see, if you're not a frequent traveler, then you're going to run into this problem. So everybody saying, ah, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Ah, taxi, a taxi, taxi. Hong Fong, Xing Kong, wah, taxi, taxi, wah, wah. And I was excited there because I used to watch a lot of Chinese karate movies. So I, I thought, this is my people. <laughs> and so there's one guy saying, I said, I'm, I'm going to Seoul. Seoul. I say, uh, Seoul, yeah, Seoul. Yodo, Yodo. Yodo, you know Yodo? Yodo, Yodo, wong, 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 yon, yon, yon. Yodo Hotel, you know Yodo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come, 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 come. Takes my bag, puts it in his car. So now we're traveling. He says, oh, I said, you know Yodo, big church? Yeah, yeah, my 
wife, my wife is there, my wife, my wife. I said, you, and you, you don't go church? He said, no, 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 taxi, taxi, taxi. So as he's driving, this is a, it's a meter, a little click, 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 but it's not American dollar, not South Africa, it's some Singapore yen, something, yeah. So it's going, 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 going. Uh, and eventually we came there, it was about half an hour drive, I think, or oh, maybe more. We got there, then came into this Yodo Hotel. Then he said to me now, uh, he said the price of the I said how much US US so they must make it US dollar then I can work from the US dollar back to South African rand you see because what I did was I put in my card at the ATM then I draw the money but it comes out in their currency do you understand so all I had was this that I had in my hand this yen so when he gave me the price, it, the ticket of the taxi was a thousand two hundred rand, South African rand, and it's the only money I brought to come to this church growth conference because my bishop said you must come. So I wanted to show him that I'm really interested in you and in what you tell me. You know, you want to show the pastor, but it cost me, and I'm sure he knows it cost me, but he also wants to see. Will you pay the price? Will you pay the time? Will you pay the discomfort? Do you really want the anointing? I tell the Chinese brother, This an hit man. What must for five days? I say no, 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 I no, no understand. No, no, English, English, English. They said, this is too much, you can't charge me, look here. So I could see, he's, you know, a Chinaman has to, not here like us, when he talks, he's ego. So I was shaking. He said, Fang Lang, Fang Fu. I said, hey, 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 wach, 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 wach. Fiese, gevaarlijke move. I look, I just see Chinese people like nine, 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 nine. I'm surrounded here. My Kung Fu is not so good. Hmm? Your Kung Fu is better than mine. <laughs> I paid the man with a sore heart. So I asked the hotel clerk, I said, this guy charged me. He said, no, 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 no. He overcharged you, overcharged. So I was complaining, complaining, complaining. I actually wanted Bishop Derek to hear me complain. So when we were, one day we were walking in Korea, after the conference, we walk in the streets and we chat. So I was, so he was hearing me complain. So we asked his bishop, so what, what's Chris complaining about? Pastor Chris, you know, you like it when the pastor... I just wanted the bishop to talk to me a little bit. So they said, no, he's moaning about the taxi driver that overcharged him. So bishop said, ah, Chris is Johnny. Johnny come lately. That's where I heard the term first. Johnny come lately. He doesn't know how to move in international arenas. You don't just take any taxi. You must know how to operate. 
So I was with a friend there from Madagascar, from uh, Mozambique, Bishop uh, Frank, that preached for us some years ago. He was with me, he said, hey, let's go to the mall. I said to the mall, enough. The market, what do they call it? The marketplace, where they chop the pigs up and then they sell the ears and stuff. So in the China, China. Yeah, he says, no, let's go. I said, I don't know, this is a foreign country. He said, no, man, come. Jump, we jump in the train, we jump in the bus somewhere. So I could see now, these guys, they understand traveling internationally. But me, because I'm from here, you see, I've never really traveled to other nations and just jump on a bus and just go and come back. I wouldn't even know how to find my way back to the hotel. But I realized they will cost you something. But look here. You're sitting here because of the price of the anointing. The price I had to pay. If I didn't follow all the way there, none of this would have been here. I tell you the truth. This is because of the anointing that I caught, but I was willing to pay the price, humble myself, and travel a far distance. Jesus said, the Queen of Sheba traveled a far distance to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Bishop Derek said, sometimes the man of God is here, close to you. You can't even travel. But Sheba, Sheba, she traveled far to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Don't say, oh, you've set your whole set today. This is anointing. This is getting close to the anointing. You are paying a price of time, price of money, price of humility. So many things you have to pay to catch this anointing. To catch this anointing. There's no place in South Africa, close to South Africa, if my bishop comes, then I am not there. I'm always there. I'm always there. He even knows. When his son died now, I was in Ghana. I told my team, whatever happens, let's raise the money, I must go. He men mentioned of me from the platform. He saw, he said, I'm so comforted by people who came so far to be here. Because I had learned early in my travels to Korea, there's no price you can pay for the anointing. It is, it is a treasure. Money can't be equated with the anointing. I was sitting in Bishop's lounge and a man of God spoke to me called Steve. Bishop Steve something. Mensa, Mensa. And he told me, Pastor, when a man of God is expensive to get behind your pulpit, and they say, this man of God, he says he needs this, he needs that, you, know, you must put him in a good hotel. You mustn't think, don't think small and say, ah, you don't pay people who want to preach. And You know, he was trying to teach me something. You have too many re requirements. He says, you don't know why some men of God put some requirements there because they've been mistreated by other people. So they have to make sure they at least have proper place to sleep, proper. He says, you can, he told me this, you can never equate the value of anointing behind your pulpit 
with the money that you will give that man, you can never equate, never, never make a comparison. Because what the man will leave here as he walks, money can never pay for money can never pay for it. Money can never pay for it. Hmm? And God loves us so much. You know, when I got Bishop Dag to visit my church twice, the money I gave to Bishop Dag, you must rather times it by 10 for the price he paid to come here. Yeah, because he brought another 20 people with him. I couldn't, I, I could possibly just cover his ticket in an economy class, but who paid for the 20 people that came with him? But because of the favor of God on my life, favor of God, you are also enjoying the favor. You're enjoying the favor. The last point I close before we go home. Hallelujah. It's the price of the anointing. The cost of listening. The cost of listening. People do not listen to anointed men. It takes self-discipline to listen to the anointed. You must talk less and listen more if you want to receive the anointing. You cannot receive the anointing unless you listen to the anointed. Remember I said that the words carry the spirit. Jesus said the words I speak are spirit and life. The words of the anointed contain the spirit and the life that you need. Listen carefully when you are with the anointed. How can you receive the anointing if you never listen to messages, preaching, prophecies of the anointed? The cost of listening. We've tried our best to tell you to listen to preaching. We've had this. I don't know why my team didn't make a Didasco 2. There's enough preaching to do Didasco part 2. But this is 100 messages for me on your you I think it's free you just give your stick or something Pastor Charlie will know then they, they load you the messages now in some people's cars I get then I hear myself preaching and like on the site when, I, when I'm close to lunch they, these are people who always play my messages and they're going to catch something you're going to see because it's one of the prices to pay the voice of the anointed and once you discover the person that God has connected you to, you need to listen to that voice often. Now and then, you, the Lord will also make you listen to other people, but you will always come back to the main voice. You always come back. I listen to other preachers and I, and I go into things, but somehow, it's like when I put Bishop Dag on, I find that this is the place I belong. This is my association. This is my family. This is my... And I could be connected to many. I was in Mike Murdoch's office. I sat with him. He liked me. He said, I really like you. And he gave me some stuff. And I think my daughter one day sent him a message. And then he thought it was Pastor Clint's daughter. Then she had to explain. She said, no, I'm not Pastor Clint. I am Pastor Clint's brother, Pastor Chris. 
I'm his daughter. Then he said, oh, then you must be very pretty because your father is so handsome. So he remembers me. You see, he remembers me. Remembers that I sat with him and I prayed for him. He asked me to pray for him. He was sick. He thought he was going to die. He said, please pray for me. Hey, I was afraid because he's a great man. That is a man who speaks on the world's big platforms. He preached, he preached for David Ayedipo in a 100,000 seated church. Yeah. For Paul and Nancy, he preached on that platforms. He said, pray for me. I used my best prayers. I was pulling stuff out of the... Marvelous. But I got all the books, all the tapes. They even gave me now, Pastor Clint gave me a, a, a small iPad, like a book reader. 500 US dollars times 500 times 20. What's the US dollar now? 18. Quickly. You must go to calculator. No? Then you put 500 times 18. Simple. It's equal to 9,000. Yeah, they gave me this gift now. 9,000 rand. It's all the books of Mike Murdoch on, a, on a, like a, a reader, a Kindle reader. Oh, plus other stuff. Gave it to me as a gift. But I'm trying to say something to you. Although I have this and then Benin, I like Benin. And I watch Catherine Kuhlman. I watch Bonke. I watch, you can ask my wife. My wife knows I'm using her TV in the room for preaching. I'm building my new office it will just be for preaching. Big TV, just preaching, just preaching. But I always come back to the voice I know. And then it's like, then it's like soothing water over my ears. The price of listening. Yeah. And sometimes when I go into the YouTube stuff, you know when you have a smart TV, you can go to YouTube, type Bishop Dagwood, most you get. Some of the preaching is like three hours. And I press play. Cost of listening. Cost of listening. And you pause a little. Go on. I'm a very good listener. My wife is not a good listener. My wife, when we watch a movie, at the main part, when something's not going to happen, then she goes to the bathroom. I see her. no it Or when the movie starts, you must you need to know in the beginning what is this movie about. Then she's talking, and I say, "Ik wil niet goed. Wacht man, ons gaan nou." But I was so glad when they started the news now with this new thing that the words run so underneath. So even if you don't hear what they say, you can see a woman was shot dead. And they have not removed the bullet from her yet. <laughs> the cost of listening. You don't want to listen to preaching? 
Pastor Charlie, when he comes on stage, he tells you, listen to preaching. Read your Bibles. You don't want to pay the price for the anointing? You will never get it. You must have an ear to listen. To listen. I told Virgil now, there's a album I'm listening to that I've, I've downloaded many albums, but the one is like the anointing has stuck me to it. And I said to him, let all the worship team listeners listen to it. There's a lot of stuff that, that my people, let me close with this, because it's six o'clock, I promise you. What's the time, six o'clock? Yeah, we're going to close now, okay? There's a lot of things I say that people don't understand, and I think Dr. Mike is probably the best to teach you. If you have an anointed man in your presence, you need to try your best to associate with him. All right? So don't frustrate the anointing. Rather, appease the anointing. Are you with me? If you now know that's the songs Pastor Chris likes and you were a singer, why didn't you learn it and make the anointed man happy and excited? Why do you do your own thing? You'll never get anointing. There's a price to pay for it. Are you listening? Listen to the things I say. Listen to the songs I like. Listen to the things I'm doing. It's the, the cost of listening. You don't have an interest to excite. Sometimes I used to travel with myself and Pastor Charlie. We used to go everywhere. I always take somebody with the Bishop Elagis. He is. And then one day I heard that he was rebuking his own church members for not following him as other people who is not from his church. And he, then, and he mentioned us as an example. He said, wherever I go, I see these people from Cape Town. But you, you call yourself sons and daughters, you don't come. He said, don't call yourself sons and daughters, you don't, you don't pay the price to follow and I believe, as I close, that I've caught the drop of that anointing of my bishop. I think I've, I've, I've caught some droplets, spices from other anointed people, but the biggest one is the one that I caught from bishop. I know there's many guys in the city that want to say that, but you, your fruits will have to prove it. Your fruits will have to prove it. Your fruits will have to prove it. If people can sit from one o'clock. What's the time now? 24 six. Then that is anointing. It's anointing grips the people. You can't say no, but Pastor Chris has a way of making jokes. That's why they no, no, no. It's the anointing that grips you. Hallelujah. Are you going to pay the price for the anointing? Never get tired of the teachings of the anointing. Never grow tired. Continue to come. Make your appointment for next year's conference. Everything. Next year will be in the tiled arena. With our own electricity points and lights and new backgrounds and everything. Next year when you fall under the power, your clothes will not be dirty. Wasn't it a wonderful visitation of the Spirit this morning? Praise the name of the Lord. Wonderful. Wonderful. What are the seven things I gave you that will cost you? Number one, the 
cost of time. Number two, of humility. Will you humble yourself? Number three, hmm? open it. Number four, learn new things. Amen? Five, just you, you change your lifestyle to suit the anointed. Not the anointed mustn't adapt to suit you. Do you see? Bishop Dag runs his conference at six o'clock in the morning. And he does it purposefully. So people can learn this principle, the price of adjustment, if you want to catch the anointing. And six o'clock the place is full. I'm still gonna do that here. Yeah. I do what my bishop does. So you make an adjustment for the anointing. You see, if you don't come, this place will be filled to capacity with people. You'll see. You watch and see. Keep watching. Keep watching. With mouths wide open. With mouths wide open. What was number six? Oh, I didn't even go into that. Can you honor? Can you take an offering? And give, you know, cost me a lot of money to go to honor my bishop, but I pay the price. And when I get there, I take offerings also. Yes. I was in Texas when I, after I preached in Boston, they gave me some honorarium in an envelope, and I went to visit Dr. Mike. I, said, I, I said, No, you don't go to an anointed man without something to give. So I took whatever they gave me and I said, this is not much doctor, but it's all I have. I want to, I want to plant a seed in your ministry, in your life. Because I like what you have. I want some of the spices of your anointing also on me. So I honor the anointed. Oh, he was blessed. And then, then he prayed for me. I have a picture where I'm bowing at his, he like put his hand on my hand and he prayed for me. Hey, beautiful. The last one. Listen. Now, if you, that's how you listen. You should be able to repeat some things that I say in my sermons. Then I know you are listening. If you're not from my church, you listen to your own pastor, okay? You listen. And you can listen to me, but your, your pastor is your main feeder. Yes. Listen. Listen to the anointed voice. There's a blessedness in the anointed voice. I'll talk about that tomorrow. There's a blessedness in there. Why must you listen to preaching? Come tomorrow evening and I will tell you. Why must you? There's something that happens to you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. Amen. Let us stand to our feet. Clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a minute before we go home. Thank the Lord for the time we could spend in His presence. Thank Him for the visitation. Thank Him that the anointing breaks the yoke. Thank Him that the price to pay is great, but that He will give you strength to pay the price. Ma 
Thank Let the power of the Holy God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.